Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients with issues such as ADD, migraines, hormones, dizziness, sleep, fatigue, methylation, autism, and genetic mutations. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee or favorite beverage, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am Kara Stewart-Mullins, your host, and I am so glad to be here on this chilly Sunday morning. It is Texas, ladies and gentlemen, and it's cold, and I am loving it. I think Dr. Stewart and I, even though we're Texans, we're born to be in the mountains. Is that right? Definitely true. How are you doing, Dr. Stewart? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good, good. I do have a question about that because I feel amazing when it's cold. And then there's some mm-hmm. people that feel great when it's hot. Like, what is that? I don't really know. Because I know you feel better when, it, when it's cold, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just It has nothing to do with physiology or... Not that I know of. Okay. Of it could. I thought maybe so. you had some amazing medical... Uh, Somebody can <laughs> call saying. me and tell me I'm wrong. So. <laughs> well, we'll wait for that call then. Speaking of calls, well, last week we talked about post-concussions and head injuries, and we got some great feedback because you gave some tips on how to assess yourself or your child if their concussion mm-hmm. may occur and you know how to know when to... Maybe take them to the hospital or or when you don't need to. So that was a lot of great feedback on that. That was episode nine. We're around episode 10. And today we're going to be talking about viruses and cancer. But before I get to that, we had a couple people write in some questions. And I, I like to start answering a couple questions here and there. You know, we talk about methylation in every episode. Sure. Okay, so the one question that we've gotten on several times, and this is actually from a doctor, because methylation is is kind of foreign to a lot of doctors still, but they want to know what is methyl trapping or what would be considered, people are worried about over-methylating, taking too much of the methylated vitamins. What is your personal opinion on that? Well, my personal opinion on that is something that you really don't need to worry about too much. Okay. The concept of methyl trapping is basically that you can put in too many methyl, free methyl groups into the into the biochemical reactions that go on and you can get a lot of overstimulation and hyperactivity, et cetera. And does so it happen? The answer is it doesn't typically happen very much. Now, there are people that can be sensitive to methyl donors and other things for a variety of reasons. Everybody loves to blame it on methyl trapping you know, or overmethylation, mm-hmm. but really overmethylation as a concept really came in basically because people who had undermethylation were felt to have low dopamine. There was a concept out there that really uh, stated that schizophrenia, which would be the opposite of what undermethylation would create, was high dopamine, which creates maybe a situation where you were overmethylating or helping too much dopamine into the system. Okay. I think that was just a false biochemical concept. Okay. Because what we still see in people with schizophrenia is uh, low dopamine um, really? tested as opposed to high dopamine. I did read that. Um, everybody worries about that so much. The answer is there are many people that are sensitive to methyl donors, probably because they just don't either have very much. So if I never drink coffee, it doesn't take too much coffee to give me a kick. Yeah. So I would not get caught up in that concept too much. Now, the whole key to this is to make sure that you actually measure your methyl status. Okay. You know, always get a feel for your MTHFR. And if you're taking a methylation product and you feel it's too strong, just cut it in half. Yeah, you got to give yourself time to ramp up. Yeah, and that's with anything. I mean, you know, sometimes you can 
take too much. Like you said, drinking too much coffee. You drink three cups in a row. Yeah, you're going to be overstimulated. Well, sure. So the whole idea is I get that question every single time I talk. I know you, you in lectures you do. I, I kind of get to where I roll my eyes more than anything these days because the whole idea is overmethylation is really not an issue with too many people. And it really has to do with more of some other abnormal or modified SNPs in the system, which include like COMT and MAO and all these other Those ones. Those are the genetic tell, mutations you're talking about. You, that tell you how sensitive you are to dopamine modification, serotonin production, et cetera. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. we'll get into that in, on our genetic mutation show. But okay. Well, thank you for answering that because that does come up every now and then. To the show today, episode 10, viruses and cancer. You know, when I asked Dr. Stewart, let's do a show on cancer, he said, well, let's make it viruses and cancer. Dr. Stewart has a a broad knowledge on viruses. He served on a viral board at MD Anderson for several years, and uh, he knows a lot about it. But before we get started, another reason I wanted to do this show is because we lost our middle brother, Kelsey Stewart, uh, to brain cancer a little over two years ago. He had glioblastoma stage four. We got the call. He lived up in Indiana, and uh, we flew up there immediately, and he had had a tumor the size of an orange pretty much uh, at the skull base. So I have one brother that's a skull base surgeon, and then I have another brother that has brain cancer with the skull base, and it's it's pretty detrimental. So I think this show is important today. I want to dedicate this show to him. Uh, he was an amazing man. I mean, a, a great Christian, amazing father of five kids, amazing husband. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Stuart Kendall, I don't think I ever even thanked you because, you know, he started with the traditional chemo radiation, which didn't work for him. And he said that he was going to turn his body over to you. And you kept him alive for over two years. Right. It's, um, I mean, cancer is a general rule, especially brain cancer is just devastating for everybody. Around. Well, you kept him alive long mm-hmm. enough. And even the doctor, his doctors were in shock that he was alive that long. But yeah. um, I just wanted to thank you because he was able to walk his firstborn down the aisle. And he was able to marry me and my mm-hmm. husband. I ordained him as a minister. So anyways, before I start crying, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> let's get on to what the show's about the medicine. Okay. <laughs> so Kelsey, we love you and we miss you dearly. So We know he's in a good place. He is in a good place. So let's give cancer facts just real quick from the U.S. Cancer Society. An estimated, and we're talking about viruses that cause cancer, 15% of all human cancers worldwide may be attributed to viruses. Oh, that's way too low. Way too low? Way too low. So, And they talk about both DNA and RNA viruses that have been shown to be capable of causing cancer in humans. And we'll get to that, too. But Dr. Stewart, I just want your, let's start with your thoughts on viruses and cancer. Well, so the concept when I was coming through training back in the 80s was that these cancers essentially went through a mutation process for some unknown reason and that this mutation just developed into a cell that essentially did not, that started to grow like a cancer and that we had immune cells that were around looking for our cells that were abnormal and would clear them. Frankly, I think that concept is ancient. It would make a whole lot more sense that we had viruses which carry DNA and RNA throughout the body and those viruses that enter all types of cells in order for them to replicate and to do their thing would actually carry abnormal DNA in. I personally think that probably, and I may be even undershooting this, that 80% of cancers more than likely will be caused by viral elements. Well, and you said how many viruses are active today? There's probably somewhere on the order of 1,200 that are actually infecting the human body. So the whole idea is 
is it makes just a whole lot more sense overall that we would have some type of transfection agent. And what I mean by that is that a virus actually picks up DNA or RNA from one place and actually carries this abnormal DNA over to another place and then can transmit it from human to human. Is that so where the cells replicate? That's where they, well, what the viruses do is they invade a cell. And then what they do, depending on how they're made, they essentially tell the cell to replicate their DNA or their mm-hmm. RNA so they can make a whole lot of viruses. And eventually the viruses just exit the cell or the cell ruptures and the viruses come out and essentially they go on to spread other cells, okay. other cells around. Now, what if once that virus attacks a cell and causes that, that cell to be cancerous, Correct. is that when they start to replicate into multiple cancerous cells? Well, yeah, and that's a very, I mean, that's a very plausible thing. The whole idea is we really haven't gotten our hands around this. Now, we do know certainly that certain cancers like lymphomas, leukemias, breast cancer more than likely is caused by a viral cause. And I think everybody's trying to come come to a conclusion on yeah, that. Yeah, I did read a lot um, about Thyroid cancers. You know, the whole idea is I think that um, even though I can't state it right now because I don't have the facts to state it, I think Mm -hmm. we're going to find find out eventually that cancers more than likely in in most instances are caused by some type of viral mediator. Okay. Well, let me ask you this about, because you have a lot of patients that you treat. Dr. Seward is not a cancer specialist. That's not, he's a neuroimmune specialist. But again, this leads back to methylation and methylation, having that process be viable in your system to to keep a lot of these things at bay. But you have a lot of patients that are cancer-free or, you know, are in remission that you treat. Right. So the whole idea is that we all essentially make cancer cells. Mm -hmm. And so the good Lord has placed in us a group of cells that we call T cells, which are specific. We also we designate them as natural killer cells that basically their whole job is to go around the body and find abnormal cells that have the potential to form cancer and actually kill them. So really what most cancers really wind up being is a poor functioning immune system that allows a cancer to metabolize or excuse me to progress. Now, when we deal with cancer and you have a primary cancer and let's say you get cured of that, the biggest problem that I have in our general thinking now is that we essentially say, okay, great, you're cancer free. See you later. Come and check on us again instead of saying, don't support anything. What do we have to do (laughs) to ensure that not only do we not get a recurrence, but also that we don't get a second primary, which is means another cancer because you didn't take care of the primary problem, which was the immune deficiency. So they come to see you to get their immune system in check. That's correct. And keep it. So obviously what we do is we start working on the immune health and you have to look at the immune health and in order to know what it is. Yeah, I remember when you <clears> looked at our brother's immune system. I mean, it was complete, completely wiped out. Well, sure. When you, you do, have one. Well, when you do chemotherapy, it's wiped out by nature in most situations. The good cells and the bad cells. Correct. So most people understand that with a lot of forms of chemotherapy, you do have a white blood cell count that actually decreases over time. So the whole idea is we have to provide fairly robust supplementation and in the appropriate form back to the immune system in order to let it actually not only just recover, but also to function much better. Yeah, I remember what the methyl, I, I'd send them boxes of supplements that you would mm-hmm. recommend, you know, the PRP spray, the, the neuramine stabilizer cream, vitamin D, just everything with the immune restore was another one. Right. So the whole idea is in no way are we as sophisticated as we will be over the next 10 to 20 years as far as immune modulation. And really, we have to try to encourage our oncologists and our cancer colleagues who are really so good at killing things these days that they need to start to recognize that once the cancer is killed, your your work is really just starting and you have to really start to address the immune weakness. Well, that's what baffles me. And I don't know much about cancer centers. I don't know if there's an immune specialist on staff. You uh, know, typically there should not. be. Typically not. 
So the doctor's there to kill the cancer, but there should be a doctor there to help keep you healthy while the cancer's gone. Okay, well, yeah, the answer is that's my feeling, but obviously that's typically not the oncology model. Okay. Okay. Now, what we're learning is that we can attack cancers much more aggressively by involving the immune system in that process, and I think we'll talk about that in the next segment. When we get back from break, I want to talk about treatment. I want to talk about prevention, Mm -hmm. but I also want to talk about, I was reading a lot about that you know, scientists are currently focusing on ways to, to use viruses to treat cancer. Sure. You know, yeah. so ladies and gentlemen, when we get back, I keep just wanting to say ladies today. I don't know what that's about. So anyways, we'll be right back with Coffee with Dr. Stewart. No two people are the same. Our health issues and our nutritional needs are as unique as our smiles. That's why our mission at Neurobiologics is simple. Provide quality nutrition that changes lives, one formula at a time. Developed through a collaboration with top U.S. physicians, each Neurobiologics formula carefully targets specific health issues. I can't tell you how much supplementation has helped our family. Being able to put back in their bodies what they were missing, we had dramatic results. We had focus in school. We had children that were able to sleep through the night. We had children that had their moods regulated. What we're interested more in neurobiologics is replenishing the insufficiencies that the body has in order to recover the underlying problem and reestablish the nervous system and immune system normal function. Each of us is unique. Shouldn't your supplement be too? Neurobiologics. We are changing lives one formula at a time. Well, welcome back to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. We are on episode 10, and we're talking about viruses and cancer. I hope it hasn't affected someone that you know out there, but it affects a lot of people in the world, not just in the U.S. So we talked about in the first half Dr. Stewart's thoughts on, you know, viruses that that cause cancer. We know that there are certain ones that definitely do, in his opinion, on on what actually is, is going to come in the future. But... Um, this second half, we're going to talk about, because I think this is what everybody's looking for. What, where's the magic pill? Where's this magic solution? You know, we're going to talk about treatment and prevention, because I think prevention is just as important. But, Dr. Stewart, you know, what can we do personally to prevent cancer? I mean, is there nutritional or blood markers or genetic testing that you can do to see, hey, I may have the potential? Well, there's two schools of thought on uh, genetics when it involves this. The one that you've probably heard about recently is the BRCA gene that really is involved in breast cancer, yeah. and, and it gives you a 50% chance that you will develop breast cancer or not. I'm really not in favor of those types of tests because a 50% is 50%. And You mean the women that go out and get the yeah, vasectomy? Yeah, I understand that, but what I'm really interested in is when we get a genetic test that tells us about inherent weakness, how can we overcome turn that gene off, change the risk factor mm-hmm. related to that. So, you know, obviously you've heard of, um, oh, what's her name? She's married to... Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina okay. Jolie getting her mastectomy because she had the BRCA But her gene. mom died of breast cancer I very understand. young. Nope, I understand that. Who yeah. needs boobs and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> but what I'm going to tell you is that what I'm really interested in is what everybody's not talking about is 
just because she had the BRCA gene doesn't mean that she only gets breast cancer. What about the chance of her getting into other cancers, et cetera? Do you okay. understand? Yeah. Because it takes a lot more than just one gene to give you the situation where you develop cancer. So what they've done is they've taken a bunch of people with breast cancer and looked at a gene and says, oh, that gene matches everybody, and so that's the gene we test. Okay. What I'm really interested in is what we call functional genes. They look at enzymes. They look at apparent weaknesses in physiology that we can actually say, okay, you have this weakness. How are we going to overcome? overcome this weakness to help it. So the, that's what MTHFR and CBS mutations and and many of the uh, inherent mutations that we see in immunoglobulin formation and T-cell functionality, et cetera, that, mm-hmm. that we're really interested because we can actually overcome those. Okay, but you got to go to a doctor who knows even those words that you said. Right, you do have to go <laughs> to a doctor, but that's what they really are going to be uh, focusing on in the future. You know, we've really found out that in many cancers where we're so unsuccessful with killing with chemicals, you know, it's pretty archaic actually the yeah. way we treat cancer let's shoot it and fry it okay yeah. with radiation therapy let's poison the body and hopefully we poison the cancer cells first do mm-hmm. you understand and i don't mean to offend it doesn't my, sound like it i don't mean to offend my oncology logical. friends but what we really want to do is we really want to target the cancer cells and leave the healthy cells alone and so there are many ways that we can actually um, start to do that, but the only way you can really do it is to get the immune system involved. Okay. Where the immune system or something related to targeting only the cells that are abnormal and leaving the good cells alone. Tell me a little bit about Immune Restore, just because, you know, we have a store here in Austin. Mm-hmm. I have lots of customers that come in and they are recovering from cancer or they are just had chemo and they're trying to get their immune system back and maybe they've seen you or another doctor, but... That immune restore has beta glucans in it, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is a, How does that work? That's a huge topic that But you gotta you explain just, it. Well, okay. So <laughs> basically, um, it goes back to a guy named Yamamoto who in the nineteen nineties discovered that his philosophy was that there must be a reason that certain cancers metastasize whereas other cancers do do not. And what he theorized is that maybe something was being made by some of the cancer cells that actually tended to suppress the immune system directly. And an enzyme called nagalase was discovered. Now, nagalase is basically an enzyme that we now know is made by viral infectious agents that enter the cell. Um, And and this is what you're finding in a lot of autistic kids. Correct. And what happens is that nagalase uh, basically destroys a substance called NAG, which essentially gets turned into another substance called macrophage activating factor, which then essentially turns T cells off. Oh, no. Okay. And so basically we can have normal numbers of T cells, but they essentially are inactive because they don't have the activating factor to turn them on. So and basically, how do you know that it's off just because the person is so sick? Yeah, because well, you can just tell that they just don't clear infections well, et cetera. Now... Um, his research essentially moved to the UK out of the United States, and most of the things that are in, have been discovered have been in the UK uh, regarding naglase. And, and I got very interested in it because, you know, I'm a viral guy, mm-hmm. and I started getting reports in about 2011 that most of the kids with autism in the, in the UK or in Europe were testing positive for this naglase. So everybody thought I'd be interested in it. At first, I didn't believe it because... You know, I'm just, just another guess, thing coming down the road. Right. But uh, to make a long story short, I kept getting reports, and eventually I started sending some tests off to Europe. From your own patients? Mm-hmm. Sure enough, all the kids with autism tended to have positive naglase. Well, I still didn't now, trust it. Now, would that it. be true for cancer patients, too? Almost all. Okay. okay. Now, I still didn't trust it, so I decided to take some neurotypical parents mm-hmm. and send off theirs, and they came back negative. 
So I was then really? decided that in most probability that the snagalace was a re- the real deal. Okay. Now, Nagalase, so the parents had a negative, mm-hmm. but the child or the person that was post-cancer had a high negative. That's correct, because viruses were involved in the process. Ah. Epstein-Barr, cytomegalovirus, all this type of yep. stuff. And it probably has a lot to do with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and many of these other things. Well, I mean, this is research out of Europe, so it's not as widely accepted in the United States as it yet. In, in many camps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, there are some therapies in Europe that are not approved in the U.S., and so I had to come up with some kind of ability to actually turn these uh, T-cells back on. Okay. Well, when I started thinking about it, beta-glucans are basically a special types of sugars that are made by certain probiotics in your bowel, most notably Saccharomyces boulardii, which is the good yeast. That you make on your own. You make on your own. The problem is we tend to purify our water supply using chlorine, mm-hmm. okay? And whether we like it or not, even though we uh, try to be careful, we will still consume a lot of water with chlorine, chlorine and other things in it. So in an essence, we're probably purifying our bowel to a certain degree every day. Basically, so these don't So survive. we don't have the probiotic effects in the bowel that we should. Well, it turns out those probiotics are not just to keep us from getting yeast and bad bacteria. They really are feeding our immune system what they what it needs. Hence why they're so popular <clears> these <throat> days. And so we've learned that beta-glucan and sugars like that, even things that are found in echinacea and some of these other immune modification plants, these type, special types of sugars have a way to turn these T-cells back on. Okay. And so by antibiotics and chlorinated water and all the things we do, we've essentially negatively affected our immune system. So basically, the immune restore is basically a combination of both phytoglucans okay. and also beta-glucans of natural, which are natural sugars that essentially in, entice the immune cells to start working again. Okay. Now, I do notice, though, you know, even <clears throat> with myself, when I started, I went through that flux stage sure. that you always talk about. And I was sure. like, oh, gosh. I, um, right. And then I, I, you know, steadied out and I felt great i mean i feel Mm -hmm. great well they're well known to actually help the immune system function but they they turn the t-cells on to a certain degree and if you have chronic infection or other things in it it's going to start cleaning house i gotcha so there are many people you have to kind of ramp into it but that's basically the concept behind it now we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg when it comes to those types of abnormalities but the, the long and the short of it is that we essentially have to have a healthy immune system in order to stay healthy. Okay. And whether you're dealing with cancer or chronic infection or autoimmune disease or any of these debilitating processes, the immune system is always to blame because it has really just not done its job. Okay. So our inherent goal for all patients with chronic diseases of all states is to reestablish the standard health of the immune system. That's, you know, that's very interesting, but I, I want to bring up one Thing. I guess it'd be considered a case of yours. It's our brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was up in Indiana. We know our family has a genetic methylation mutation. Correct. I have more than others. But so he was up in Indiana. We didn't know he had a methylation problem. He obviously did because he's related to us. He was in Florida, um, got hit in the eye with a bungee cord, almost lost his vision, and started to have migraines after that. And you kind of always said that the trauma to his eye so close to where the cancer cells may be were activated no more than likely um glioblastoma is one of the ones that may not actually be related to um um viruses okay there could be a potential for that 
But everybody's been very concerned. We've, we've seen glioblastoma on a major rise and almost all the brain tumors on a major yeah. rise. Many people believe that uh, electromagnetic radiation has a lot to do with well, it. Well, he, he worked in a basement with That's four right. computer screens so in front cell of phones, Cell phones, um, holding it up to your ear. There's been lots of people theorize about that for many, many years. And I'm basically, paranoid now. <laughs> well, and you should probably be because yeah. we do know that many people who have hypersensitive nerves can actually feel Wi-Fi. They can feel the electromagnetic radiation. Well, they always say it can't go through the skull. It can't go through no, the skull. No, that's not that, true. It's not Passes true. right through. Okay. Uh, what do you think that cell phone tower, it can't go through that building? Sure it does. It goes right through the building to ah, your cell good phone. Good point. Good Understand? point. Yeah. So that just is nonsense. Somebody's not thinking right. Okay. But what I'm going to... It's the cell phone companies putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But what I'm, I am going to tell you is that... Um, the whole idea is you also, in order to get a glioblastoma, you also have to have abnormal cells that monitor okay. you know, for cancer cells. And so trauma certainly can draw attention to it. Trauma can give you extra inflammation in the area, which may potentiate it, but not the trauma necessarily causing the cancer. That's probably not the case. So sometimes the trauma like from somebody having surgery or something can can cause the body just to go into an, an overhaul. Anytime you overstimulate the immune system from trauma, you can certainly decrease its ability to do other things. Okay. But the the long and the short of it is um, I'm of the, the belief that more than likely electromagnetic radiation is probably responsible for this rise in glioblastoma formation. Okay. Can I so, ask you... Can I ask you a question, too? So we have a lot of people that come in and go, oh, my mom had cancer, my dad had cancer, mm-hmm. it runs in my family. What can I do to prevent it? Okay. What would you tell them? Well, first of all, you need to have an appropriate workup. We need to look at the health of the immune cells. Well, they can't get in to see you. Okay, so you need to check your <laughs> T's. You okay. check your T cells. If they're proper in number and reasonable in number, then you want to check the genetics that are related to that. You want to check your MTHFR. Um, you want to check some of your immunoglobulin status uh, from a, from a genetic profile uh, okay. standpoint. You want to then, once you uh, recognize, you want to maintain your vitamin D level. You want to help your antioxidant levels. You want to try to, to the best of your ability, create a less oxidative state in the body, which means you want to use antioxidants. And most of the things you hear about people in cancer prevention are mm-hmm. using supplementation to help the antioxidant state but what you then have to do is make sure you're feeding the immune system what it needs okay so many of those patients we will have on immune restore we will have on methylation support we uh, also sometimes have to use use natural things like the neuroimmune infection control to control viral bacterial any type of other chronic infection standpoint in the body and so basically it's just trying to keep the um the immune system uh, from being busy on other things and focusing on what it's supposed to do. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to end the show, guys. Um, we, I, I said that we could always probably do this as a two-part show, but mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and wrap today. I thank you so much, Dr. Stewart, again. You know, it's something I worry about now that's, you know, it's involved in our family. So I hope this offered a little bit of insight. You can always listen to this episode and all the other episodes at coffeewithdrstewart.com. Or give us a call, and we'll be happy to try and answer any questions you have. And have a blessed and wonderful Sunday, everybody. The views expressed by show hosts or their guests are their own and shall not be construed in any way as advice in place of your own medical practitioners. We encourage you to seek professional advice or care for any problem which you may have.